Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, turning water into wine. One bottle at a time. Oh, one bottle at a time? Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and summer was my gateway to white wines. And I'm Jules, and I used to hate white wine. Wow, that's short and sweet. Wow. Okay, well, (laughs) see what kind of episode this is going to be. No, it used to give me really bad hangovers, like really bad headaches. Don't drink cheap garbage. Well, yes. I was like, it's probably because of the quality of the wine, because people used to be like, well, yeah, if you drink a lot, you're going to have a hangover. I'd be like, it actually was never the quantity. I never drank that much of it. I'd have like one or two glasses and be like, oh, I feel like shit. But I think it was just cheap wine. But red cheap wine was fine. So antioxidants, maybe. Who knows? This is not a science podcast. No, no, we're not going there. No, but this is a wine podcast. It is episode sixty-one. Is an ode to the summer white wine, crisp, refreshing, and just a little zingy like us. The perfect summer white makes those long days and warm nights even more delightful. Again, like us. Our pick for this episode is a Spanish Sorello from Benedes. But before we get into all of that and this bottle, let's start with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what you cheersing and jeersing, girl? I'm cheersing to summer concerts outside. Like it? Like it? You've been doing a lot of them this summer. Yes. We do uh, like we do like a subscription series of concerts. So it's like a, you know, random Sunday nights throughout the summer and they pick the concerts that you go to. So we've gotten a really good like diverse group of concerts that we've gone to. Last night was the Gypsy Kings. Very and nice. And it was fucking awesome. Very nice. It was very good. Um, I feel like you've just been going to like rando things in parks too. Have I? Maybe it was just the one, but that's like enough. Oh, I went to the Oregon, <laughs> like the Oregon Pavilion concert. Okay. In Bubble Park. You that went to like one in Idlewild. A park yes. concert. Yeah. Yep. See? Because right. summertime is when everybody Rando has concerts the concerts. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wrong. Well, kind of. <laughs> I still wasn't that wrong. All right. Uh, what are you jeersing? Uh, since I just got back from a trip to Chicago for a wedding, I'm cheersing, jeersing to the stupidity of just summer travelers. Like... What they're wearing, what they're doing, how they're behaving in the airport, like what they think is appropriate on the airplane. I know we just did like a travel etiquette one, but it's really just having literally been in an airport yesterday. They didn't listen. I was just They're not listening to the podcast. I was kind of like, how can I get the airport to broadcast like the etiquette portion of our podcast (laughs) to these motherfuckers? You know what? Everyone else has their phone on speaker. Just play it on speaker. I'm telling you. This is why I don't travel during the summer. They did do a very, um, like a very serious announcement on the flight home yesterday about requiring headphones for your electronic devices. So I'm thinking that this is a, it's a universal problem that they're running into. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that the, the impact of that universal problem is people like you and I finally snap and then we cut somebody with like. The mechanical pencil at the bottom of our purse. (laughs) So I can see where that's a thing. Because it wouldn't be our cast iron pan. I mean, sometimes. No. What do you mean no? TSA will confiscate a cast iron pan. Wow. That's a random. Random facts. That's. Because it's considered a weapon because it's so heavy. 
I mean, that's fair. I get that. But I'm like, it's a fucking pan. My suitcase can be a weapon. You know what? My shoe could be a weapon. Anything I mean, could be a weapon if you are motivated. Like though. you're gonna confiscate someone, someone's like fucking grand coming home from their grandmother's funeral, and the thing that they got was her like well seasoned cast iron pan, and you're gonna take that away. I had knitting needles confiscated once, but they like left the mace in my bag, and I was like, okay, well this. Well, is, that's this not making any safe. sense. Okay, all right. Okay, what cool. are you cheersing to? Um, I am cheersing to eating outside. Uh, we have finally entered that long stretch of summer where it is ideal to eat outside al fresco, and I am quite enjoying it. Minus bugs. Yeah, well, that leads me to my jeers. Oh, what's your jeers? The amount of scabs I have from mosquitoes. Oh, oh yeah. and so I it's was... It's from all that eating outside. Well, so I was out <laughs> eating outside the other day in broad fucking daylight, and... Something bit me. Like, I still have... Something bit me. I still have the mark. I still bear the mark. (sighs) And I was with my dad, and my dad was like, you know, flies can bite. And I was like... There are a type of fly that bites. And I was like, the fuck you say? That's Mm -hmm. not true. And then everyone pulled out the goddamn phones and looked. And sure enough, it is in fact true. So now... I'm terrified of literally everything. I think it's called a horse fly. Well, I don't know. Something bit me and it sucked. Yes. And it was painful. Deer flies and horse flies. So up in Idlewild, we have the deer flies. They're huge and they fucking hurt. I think down here we have the horse flies. But yes, it's not It's not pleasant. Gross little bastards. Little bastards. Yes. Well, there you have it. Cheers and jeers. Bugs. <laughs> So for this episode, Schweinigans, and because of Jules' long love affair with white wines, we are putting her knowledge to the test. Now, it's no secret that she prefers a sexy red wine, but let's just see if she can justify her taste. So we have our very own copy of the wine quiz book, 500 questions and answers to test and build your wine knowledge. And I have painstakingly gone through this book and identified some questions about white wines. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't do well with standardized testing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, oh, well, so this is, this is open-ended. There's no multiple choice. You're going to be fine. You're going to. I'd be better off with multiple choice. Girl, pick a lane. All right. So there are 10 questions on this test. Oh, God. She's already scratching you guys. I am like. Um, (laughs) So it'll be, you know, out of 100%, each question's worth 10 points. I'm going to say every answer is Chardonnay. Let's see how you do. All right. So are you ready, Jules? Yes. Question number one. From what grape is Chablis made from? It's Chablis. The S is silent. Sorry. Fuck me. Okay. (laughs) Fuck. I I don't speak French. I'm literally going to say Chardonnay. Look at you. Ten points right out of the gate. Oh, they're worth ten points each? Yeah, because it's a hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, congratulations. Look at you go. All right. Those French be fancy. Okay. Which is the main... Question two. Which is the main white grape variety grown in the Middle Ory Valley? 
Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, no dice. <laughs> Sophomore slump already, huh? <laughs> it's going to go one is correct, two is incorrect. One is correct, two is incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is a Chenin Blanc. Oh. Okay, it's all right. I mean, you can't even get any, it's either zero or ten. You can't even get anywhere in between. You wouldn't have gotten anything in between. So don't worry about this it. That's true. What if I'd said Shanine Black? Wow. <laughs> would I have gotten five points? I would have just left. <laughs> Podcast I would have been is fired. Over. Good day. We're looking for a new co-host, everyone. Okay. Question number three. And I try to give you easy ones, too, because there's oh, some that are bullshit. Absolutely not. <laughs> Question number three. Does Italy produce more red or white wine? I think this is a trick question. Because I would automatically say red, but I think that it's the opposite of what you would think, and I'm going to say white wine. You are, in fact, correct. It is white wine. Because remember, Italy produces a ton of Prosecco, too. That's kind of where my head was going to. I'm like, Prosecco is very, very popular. Yes, it is. Gotta have the Aperol spritzes. Do we know what the percentages are? Uh, I think it's something like it's not by much. I think it's like fifty-two or fifty-three percent is the white grape. So it's close. It's close. It's close. But look at you, just outsmarting our quiz book. Just trying not to be, you know, just trying not to get uh, caught up in a trick question. <laughs> All right, question number four. Which region is best known for producing Albarino? Portugal. It's not a fucking region. Portugal's a country. Okay. Made up of multiple regions. Then I'm going to say that it would, because it's bordering Galicia in Spain, it's going to be the, like, it's at the border of Spain and Portugal. But an Albarino is a Portuguese wine. Galicia. You were... Oh, so I got it right. Uh, no, you didn't get it right. Well, you asked me to further explain, and I said Galicia. Okay. Yeah, but then you were like, Portugal. But it also is it not also produced in Portugal? I mean, it is, but Galicia, the region of Galicia is in Spain. But is it also not The The varietal is, but... I'm, the I mean, region, that's not that's a zero. Not, that's not zero. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give you five points. I think you five is good. Shut up about it. All right. <laughs> also, albarino is literally a Portuguese word. It is not a Spanish word. <laughs> Hot Rob be offering his services to judge. I think he's going to take you down, girl. I think that's the ulterior motive here. After right. hearing the question and the answer... Jules gets full credit. Oh, someone's someone's playing. Always my biggest fan. Someone's playing for love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go lock him in the office and then resume. No, okay. Kidding. Okay. Question number five: For which white wine is the Rude region known for? What region? Rhoda. 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 Rueda. Rueda. I can pronounce it, but I don't know the answer to this one. I'm not even going to venture a guess. Because <laughs> I literally can't think of a, a varietal. Rodejo. Okay. All right. That's a big fat zero. Well, meh, meh. at least she didn't try to talk her way out of that one. All right. This is why I should have gotten full credit for the other one. Because I will not try to talk my way out of something I got wrong. 
Which grape, <laughs> question six, which grape variety is grown the most in New Zealand? Um, I'm, I'm going to say Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. <gasps> I mean, what I just don't you? know that many white varietals, so it's just going to take Chardonnay, a yeah. Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> All right, number seven. Which grape variety is most widely planted in Germany? I'm going to go with pretty much the only one I know, Riesling. Look at you! Killing it! She on a roll now, everybody! All right. I've only got two zeros. (laughs) (laughs) Question eight. What Greek white wine has pine resin added? And no, we did feature this wine in season one. Okay. The fuck? Like, she's <laughs> over here talking about she picked easy questions. I, I'm, I have zero clue. I have no idea what the answer to this is. <laughs> you should see her face. She's like, why the fuck would you even put this pine is resin like, in This it? was a fucking, like, that was purposely put there. To give me a big fat zero. <laughs> Retsina. Who's even fucking heard of that? We featured it on the podcast. <sighs> Five years ago. Oh my God. It was literally two and a half and you were a fan before you were a co-host. Calm down. All right. Nine. If a wine smells and tastes of grass, nettles, asparagus, and lime zest, what grape is it made from? Bad grapes. Um, <laughs> Garbage grapes. Um, can I split the difference and say it's either Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc? No, flip a coin, bitch. <laughs> She's like, is it oak or stainless steel? <laughs> I'm going to go with Chardonnay. It was Tails. Sauvignon Blanc. <sighs> I think I should get five for that. No. You're not getting five. I should for get that. five. Dear reader, <laughs> should I get five for that? Ten. No one feels sorry for you. Ten. Last and final question. What is California's most planted grape variety? I know this one at Chardonnay. Look at you. You got both Chardonnay questions right. All right, let's tally some shit up. So we've got 10, 20, 25, 35, 45. Ooh, 55. That's an F. That's an F. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But there's room for improvement, which means you get to drink more. Yay. I'm certainly not drinking some pine resin wine. It was actually really good. Was it? Okay. It was so good. I'll try it. See? The more you know. Reading Rainbow. Oh, sorry. This is really like... I'm having, like, PTSD from being in school from this quiz. Oh, God. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break so Jules can lie down. And... Jules now needs a drink of well, white I, wine. We, we can help. God. <laughs> At least that's, that's not any of the wines that were any of the fucking answers on this quiz. Well, yeah. I mean... Why would Shirello not have been one of the answers to one of the quiz questions? Because that wasn't one of the fucking questions you in the made wine it up. quiz book. 
Ain't You're got an academic. You could have made up a question. Listen, she's had a long week. She has, actually. <laughs> it's okay. Well, there you go, everyone. Now you know. I mean, I've been telling you that she's the smart one, and now that we have proof. So, Maybe you can quiz me next time. <laughs> Dumbass Jules, signing off. Okay, so we've had a we have an addendum. We had to a our challenge. Swinigans. We had a we challenge. We had a challenge and a dispute regarding the wine quiz book. So I threw down a challenge chip. She she threw the challenge flag. So question number four, which I said the answer was Galicia, and she said Portugal, and Jules was awarded five points instead of full credit. We did a little bit more research per Jules's request slash demand. Um, And we have learned that Albarino is a variety of a white wine grape that has grown predominantly in northwest Portugal, uh, mostly in Moncal, or Galicia in northwest Spain. Both of which I said. Both of which she said... So, in accordance with fairness yeah, yeah. or fucking whatever, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. we are going to award her 10 points, which brings her to a grand total... 60 points. You passed! Congratulations. I mean, that's a D. You still passed, bitch. That's, I don't fucking consider that passing. That is ridiculous. Well, I mean... It's so ridiculous, but I appreciate the extra five points, and I appreciate... That my challenge was taken into consideration. And I'd like to thank the Academy. And I would like to thank... And my husband, Rob. I would like Not to Rob thank... who supported me. I would like to thank Google <laughs> for providing us with the correct answer. Thank you, Google. <laughs> thank you, Rob. Thank you, Google. <laughs> All right. So, there you go. She passed. I'm so proud of myself. Today, we are... Featuring bottle 61, which is E, E, I'm already going into Spanish mode. It is A, Albert Inoya Curios Chirello, uh from 2021 and from the region of Penedes, Spain. Price point for this bottle is around $15. ABV is 12.5%. And... It's a 100% organic representation of one of the three noble grapes that is typically used or always used to make cava. That's right. So, Chirello is one of the three main grapes used to make cava along with Paralela and Macabeo. It tends to be the most acidic of the three, adding minerality that is characteristic of the Spanish sparkler and making it possible to age. So, that, that grape with the P is... Pareada. That's Pareada. Fantastic. Papadeli. Papadeli? <laughs> Papa New Guinea? Papa New Guinea. <laughs> Papitas? Papa Smurf? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I really wish I could remember the Smurfs thing theme song right now. <laughs> um I'm just in charge of getting Drea ready for her next trip she does to Spain. She does a terrible job, So that everyone. she, un, like, she knows the correct pronunciation of things. She does a terrible job. All Please right. continue. So, thank you. Um, despite the acidic punch to the packs, 
Chorella is actually a pretty mellow grape. Um, grape yields are solid and the vines are not fussy, which makes them easy to grow in various soils and climatic conditions. Um, it's one downfall is the vines can be susceptible to mildew, but it's it's pretty resilient and it's actually starting to pop up in places like the Valle de Guadalupe in um, northern Mexico and in California hmm. in the inland areas of like the central region. So um, I so think like where? Like Central uh, Coast, you mean? Yeah. Like Paso. So, so field recordings actually up in Paso Robos just did a Shirello, um that they made for the first time last year. And I think that they work with one of like only three growers who are growing the grape right now, but it's definitely starting to gain traction on um, this side of the world. So kind of cool. Uh, despite though, like the mildew issue, the grape is valued because of the acid that it brings to wines. And today it stands out as one of Spain's finest white wine varietals. Um, while it is primarily used in cava, more and more producers are starting to make still Shirello wines. Most are produced in the town of Alela, which is just a few miles northeast of Barcelona. These wines are often characterized by their lemon-esque acidity, summer stone fruit flavors, and light green vegetable characteristics. And as someone who is um, who drinks them as often as she can when she's in Barcelona, they are fucking delightful. Like if I see a Shirello, um on a from Alela on a menu, like I'm getting it hands down so uh it's one of my faves but i think you got some fun facts for us fun facts with jules put together by drea also um added to by jules so in the catalan language the variety's name is written with an interpunct dot so it's x-a-r-e-l dot l-o charello but in other languages, this is either replaced with a hyphen or removed entirely. But either way, it's pronounced Shrello. See, aren't you glad I gave you the language stuff? Yeah, yes. You're welcome. Aren't you glad you gave me the language <laughs> 100%. stuff? 100%. <laughs> Shirello is also called Panza Blanca, which you see mostly in wines coming from Alea. Like many other white wine grapes, Shirello has a red-skinned variant Variant, variant. I'm, I'm just. She just can't do English. The switching everyone. back and forth is like ah. Uh, so Shirello has a red-skinned variant called Shirello Vermel, which is interesting because Vermelho in Portuguese is yellow. And isn't like was it is it Vermilion is like a a type of yellow like mm-hmm. color too, right? No. Isn't it? I think vermilion is red. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, maybe that's why. But so it's interesting. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Um, also, Shirello is good for you. A joint study between the Enology Department of UC Davis, a very, very good um, agricultural and enology. Probably the best in the United States. Yes, for, for sure. sure. Um, so they partnered up with the Pharmacology Department at the University of Barcelona and their study revealed that the grape is high in the antioxidant resveratrol, which, according to WebMD, may be helpful for hay fever and weight loss. So I'm sign just, me up. I'm gonna just drink a case of this right now. Clearly, and wait to get skinny. Clearly, <laughs> why am I not getting skinny? 
Glug, why am I sneezing? Glug, glug, glug. Why are my eyes itchy? I'm drinking the wine. Those are the those are the horse flies. <laughs> uh, so, Drea, tell us more about this region of Penedes in Spain. So, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, if you've been a fan, you know that this is probably my favorite region um, and the one that outside the U.S. I visit the most often. Uh, Penedes is a Spanish domain of origin in Catalonia, and it's widely known as the seat of innovation in Spanish winemaking. Penedes includes hundreds of small independent producers, as well as being home to uh, Spanish global powerhouses like Bodegas Torres, Freshenet, and Cordonneau. Um, While we're focusing on a white wine, though, the region is also well known for its sparkling and oak aged reds. Uh, As a side note, Benedes, the valley there, was the first region in Spain to start venting wine from French varietals as well. In addition to um, kind of its, its... Uh, center of innovation now, it's also one of the oldest viticultural areas in all of Europe. According to archaeological evidence, some of which is even on display at the Villafranca Wine Museum in the heart of Benedes, which I have been to, wine production began in the region with the introduction of vines by the Phoenicians during the 6th century BCE. In addition, the area was known to have prolific wine production and support a large export market, even through the Moorish occupation in the Middle Ages. Spanish colonization efforts, colonialism, colonialism, the word of the episode is colonialism, in the 16th and 17th centuries generated incredible demand for wines from Penedes um, as a commodity that was sent to the colonies. Um, in fact, one of the biggest ports was a town called Sieches, and Sieches is named after the Sicha, which was a giant oak barrel that that they would use, sailors would use to transport wine to the colonies and bring back rum. Huh. Yeah. Uh, of course, we can't talk about European wine without talking about phylloxera, everyone's favorite plague, but this was actually a good thing. For Shirello, as white and sparkling wines became much more prolific and important to the wine industry during and after the plague. Uh, so one of the reasons you see such a large footprint of cava production and white wine production in this region what is because of the reaction to phylloxera. The white vine, vines of white grapes were just so much easier to rebound and recover. The soil in the region tends to be sandy, clay-like, and poor in organic matter, um, which some oceanic departments, deposits, excuse me, departments, <laughs> <laughs> and limestone. Uh, so it's not great soil for wine growing, mm-hmm. but um, the climate, I think, is what really makes this area so prolific. Within the region, there's a wide variety of microclimates due to its proximity to the Mediterranean Sea and the coastal mountain ranges. So you get lots of little pockets of different microclimates where um, lots of really great wines can be made. Because of the diverse climate of the region, winemakers are able to grow an unusually wide range of grape varieties, including Spanish black grapes like Grenache and Tempranillo, to French reds like Cabernet Sauvignon and Carignan, uh, and in terms of white varieties, you see everything from the three cava grapes to Riesling, Chenin Blanc, and Chardonnay. All part of my quiz. Look at that. Ding, ding. I think you got like 
Oh, no, you got two out of three of those. I missed a Chenin Blanc you know, one. You still pass. Yeah. You still pass. So let's talk a little bit about the winemaker and the winery, Albert Inoya. Uh, Albert Inoya started making organically farmed wines in 1978, but their story, of course, starts much earlier. In 1903, during the Phylloxera Plague, Phylloxera Plague, say that five times fast, Phylloxera Plague, Phylloxera Plague, Phylloxera Plague, Phylloxera Plague, Phylloxera Plague, she's petered out of four. John Albert E. Rovirosa, Rovirosa, arrived in Benedez to work in the vineyards. He quickly planted his own roots, and today five generations of the Albert family have worked as winemakers. The current winery was established in 1925. In the early 1970s, the family had the opportunity to start making organic wines after a Danish, of all people, company came to Penedes looking for an organic winemaker. Today, Albert Inoya has nearly 80 hectares of organic vineyards in the Ordal Mountains area of Benedes. Ordal? Ordal? Ordal sounds better than Ordal. Sorry about that, dear listener. In addition to making organic wines, um, they've also made an overarching commitment to sustainability. And as if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that this is really important to us and the wines that we choose to drink even when we're, we're not offering them up on the, por- the podcast. All production is certified by the CCPAE, Catalan Council for Ecological Agricultural Production. Say that five times No, thank you. No, gracias. They use cover crops, green and organic fertilizers to keep the vineyards healthy. They avoid the use of insecticides and instead use a method that the Spanish call sexual confusion to Jesus keep the customers. This is that if you take a tour to, they're like, how many of you know about the sexual, sexual confusion? confusion? And I'm like, girl, how much time you got to talk about this? And um, someone raises their hand, they're like, you're right, I'm gay. <laughs> I'm like, everybody's a little bit gay. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So what they do is they release pheromones to drive, like, the males, to keep females away and to drive the males. So to the vineyards or... Of the pests. Yes. So that they're getting the pollination, but they're not getting all the problems. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Sexual confusion. You're all welcome. Uh, They have also reduced water consumption, and in 1995, they installed the first biological treatment plant in the country on the vineyard, which I think is really cool. That's really cool. They also made it a priority to conserve and restore the dry stone walls that surround the vineyard and are today part of a historical, part of the historical and cultural heritage of the area. The wall was designated an intangible heritage of humanity site by UNESCO in 2018. Wow. Yeah. So some historic stuff right there. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about this lovely wine that they made. Um, this is a unoaked 100% Shirello that is described on their website as, quote, fresh and lively, ideal for your most curious moments. Your sexual confusion curious moments? Sure. Yes. I mean, let's Love go with it. it. Uh, they, the website uh, tasty notes include fresh fruit like pear, green apple, or quince. 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 Citric notes, <laughs> an orange or almond blossoms. 
Very specific. Very specific. For their winemaking, this is all, all these wines are harvested and selected by hand. They, this one in particular is fermented for 19 days and then cold stabilized for five days. It is lightly clarified and filtered before being bottled. Um, so it is organic, but it is not natty. I'm going to say, you know, we talk about like natural wines and yeah. natty wines and having a little bit of funk. Yeah. Having some yeah. funk, but also being like unrefined and unfiltered. Right. So you're going to get that sediment at the bottom of the bottle. You're that not you going to get want. that you don't want per our experience recently. Some at a amateur wine to pour into your glass. Like I don't want to, it's, it's like the same rules apply to beer. Like I don't drink Guinness cause I don't want to chew my beer. I don't. I, I want to eat the sediment. I want to chew, chew on it. Chew on anything gross. when I'm drinking wine. Yeah. So and it's fine. It's Unless fine. it's some like chorizo or something. Well, yeah. You know. Um. Any hoo ha. Continue so, on. Sorry. Aging. Uh, aging. It is not aged. So the this wine is meant to be drunk young, fast, fast, furious, furious. Enjoy <laughs> it while it lasts. Take that bottle down. Um, the vines that were used to make this wine um, were planted originally in 1986. And the soil type is primarily clay with low levels of organic material. So really tracking with what we talked about earlier for the entire region. You know, mostly sandy clay and not a whole lot of like little critter filled remnants. Yeah. You know, so there you have it. I'm really excited to drink this. Uh, are you ready to... I'm super excited, yeah. You're I, excited for white wine? Listen, <laughs> the pandemic really changed things for me. <laughs> I started to delve a little bit into the white wine world, and quite honestly, the ones that I gravitate towards are Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese white wines. I really will not drink an American white wine. I will not drink a Chardonnay. I don't love a Sauvignon Blanc. Like, I stay away from all that stuff, but give me, like, a Vermentino, an Albarino. Didn't you drink a Sauvignon Blanc when we were in Idlewild? I don't think I opened that. No, at the at Middlebridge. No, it wasn't a Sauvignon Blanc. What was it? It was, like, a Pinot Gris. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It would have been hilarious if you... I did have an unoaked Chardonnay there. That was, I'm not going to lie. But I do delightful. have one of my wine clubs. I have a Chardonnay and a Sauvignon Blanc. Which she promises, like, people that don't like those bridles enjoy. So That may need to be a future episode. Yes. <laughs> Jules and Drea tackle their arch nemesis. Ooh, we could wait to yeah. do. Sauvignon Blanc versus Chardonnay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, let's get to the tasting. Here we are, finally. My favorite part of the podcast where we actually get to drink this shit that we've been talking about for an hour. Even if it is a white wine. Even if it is a white wine. You know what? It's cold. Yup. It's, I'm hoping it's delightful, according to Drea. So let's do the damn thing. Yeah. Let's taste it. Uh, okay, so. Well, we have a few steps first. We have a few steps first. Yeah, we, we obviously. But, you know, the sooner we get through that, the sooner we get to taste it. Joel's like, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, color. So, um, first of all, it's very chilled. It's very chilled. It's as it should be. And and this is a wine you really want to drink 
cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, don't be trying to pull put it in the in the fridge for like ten minutes and no, think it's gonna. Don't be do dead. that stupid fucking paper towel trick. No, which doesn't work also. Or put it in the freezer for half an hour. Yeah, like but fine. You, you want it cold. You, you want, want that cold. glass to be a little frosty also, when it's you pour it in. Hot out. It is hot out. So okay, you, so let's talk about the color. Um, it is a super pale gold, almost with like light green undertones. Um, honestly, it reminds me of the color of kava. It which, definitely which, looks like a kava. Yeah, which doesn't. It's one looks of like, the grapes. So it's like a kava that doesn't have bubbles. Yes, this looks like a flat kava. Yeah, like not an aged kava though, like a a new baby kava. Yes, I also think that this this reminds me of like a yellow diamond. Ooh, look at your fancy mm-hmm. ass! Yeah, yeah. just kind of going there. Hot Rob, hint, hot hint. Rob, yellow diamonds. He's like, bitch, I bought you a mountain cabin retreat. <laughs> Go mine. <laughs> no for diamonds. Fucking diamonds. <laughs> One of the seven dwarves broke ass. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's off to the mines we go. <laughs> we hope you get as much enjoyment out of our stupidity as we do. Okay, on the nose. Okay. So this, I'm not getting a ton on the nose on this one, and I'm usually pretty good. She's always very good, whereas I'm like, I mean, it either smells like alcohol or, but it, it like, there's it's really so fa- nothing. Maybe like <laughs> no, there's nothing. No, maybe like the faintest, the faintest hint of like orange blossom. No. Yes, I I'm disagree. Gonna, I'm gonna stand by it. I'm okay. gonna stand by. I disagree. I, I feel like it. <laughs> stop doing that. I can't. People are gonna turn us off. Well, it won't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's taste it. Okay. Oh my god, I love this so much. You know what? Just put a straw in the bottle and leave me in the corner. Wow. Yeah. Right? Was she right or was she right? And this was supposed to be mine and Drea's like very light drinking day. We're gonna finish the bottle. And now like she's we- talking about putting a fucking straw in the bottle. Okay. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um I um, sort of. So, have you ever had one of these before? Have I you? don't think so, but I feel like I must have had one with you before. There's no way. That's true. That we've been drinking together for as long as we have. That you've never opened up a bottle of Shirello. That's pro- I. I'm pretty sure I actually opened one at our last like friends supper club too that I hosted. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, but I don't think it was this bottle. Yeah, and we're not. You know, listen. When we are just hanging out, having dinner and stuff, we don't do all these shenanigans. Like, we just enjoy the wine and drink the wine. I mean, I try to, but, you know, Jules, maybe. I'm like, just enjoy the wine. She's like, just shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. No, I mean, I mean no, I'm mean, i okay not. with a slight, you know, like a little bit of a tasting situation. But um, for me, the taste is, it's similar to what I'm getting on the nose, which is like, there's not a lot of like very, nothing like bold is like. Hitting you up front. Everything is super subtle. But it's really balanced. crisp. Oh, I mean, yes. you know, it does. So this is, if you like wines with some good acid, this is for you. Remember, this is, Shirello is the grape that gives That's a different Kava, podcast. It's acid. Talking about acid. That's a different podcast. 
I mean, por que no los dos? I mean, maybe we should. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would never end. The Different type of parent. <laughs> the podcast that does not end. It just keeps going while they're on a trip. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, it, it packs a great acid punch. It's super crisp. This is one of the reasons why you want it ice cold. You really want to um, get that benefit of that crispness but i get that like puckery sensation 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 in like the back of my cheeks yeah a little bit um so i there are some distinctive flavors that i think i can kind of pick out here um, go for it which is a little bit different from the nose so definitely green apple like kind of that tart crispness of a green apple it actually reminds me a little bit that one of my favorite restaurants in barcelona used to make a green apple sorbet. And oh, that it does not sound good. The, oh, it was fucking amazing. Um, so definitely green apple, um, lemon, and lemon zest for sure. Uh, green melon. Kind of that light, mellow feel. But the thing that I love the most about the Shirello, uh is like a sea salt finish. It just has like a salinity to it that... I find so intoxicating. I love that you say salinity because I go brackish, which is like not typically like what you want to associate with wine, like with oysters, like briny brackish, like you want that. But wine salinity is a much more, I think evocative word word of what you should be tasting. But I just, I, I love that characteristic of a good Shirello for sure. Okay. What are we pairing with this? 100% fucking hands down oysters. Raw oysters. Okay. Like I like that salinity. Now we're getting into that brininess, right? Okay. Like, I think of this wine and I think fresh seafood out of the Mediterranean. So want oysters, cl- um, razor neck clams, grilled octopus, like wood grilled octopus, um, fresh fish. That's mm-hmm. the type of food I want to eat with with the swine for sure. How about you? I would say either sushi. Okay. I think sushi yeah. would be really good with this. Um, but I also just was looking at a recipe for a shrimp scampi with orzo. Ooh, yeah. And I think that would be really good because it has a little bit of, um, the recipe has like red pepper flakes in. So you could like determine like how much kind of spice you want and I think this would be nice with something spicy because it's not they're not going to clash they're not going to kind of like overwhelm each other um but yeah I also would go seafood yeah I've actually done this wine with a like a curry too Mm -hmm. um and it's it you know it's hard to pair wines with curry sometimes and people tend to go more like sweet on the wines but I think I like again. I find the salinity in this one like really complementary to that heat in some ways. So yeah, um, yeah, I would definitely do that. And does that scampi recipe have butter? It does. Yeah, I think like a butter anything buttery with this It has butter and white wine is gonna like the two are like gonna, I wouldn't put this white wine in it. No, but, but the know. two are gonna like complement each other yes. and not necess- and not like meld into one another. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, so seafood for the win. Get your ocean creatures. Yes. For sure. Okay. Situation. I mean, 
eating oysters on a deck overlooking the Mediterranean in Barcelona? I mean, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds absolutely terrible. Doesn't sound horrible. It doesn't sound like the absolute worst. <laughs> I'm going with if you can picture a backyard barbecue, but like at a the kind that you see in like magazine spreads where you're like in Tom like, Calicchio's in the kitchen and where everything's you're in white. like a grove of oak trees and there's like all the in pat- the Hamptons the patio lights are like strung between the trees but they're and like, like tight the table setting is like beautiful but it's like foraged you know plants and flowers are like the table arrangements and you are fancy as the fuck this episode shrimp and orzo is cooked in a cast iron pan over like a fire and there's kind an of oyster thing. bar and there's an oyster bar in the Yeti cooler. <laughs> Real specific. Very specific. But I can literally picture it in my mind. Like that beautiful outdoor barbecue setting, but in like you're not just like flipping burgers on a fucking grill. Like, no, it's fancy. It's yeah. Really it's, like it's an lovely. event. Like a, almost like a backyard wedding that's uh, really well done. I was gonna say a white party in the Hamptons. Or some yes. Yeah. Totally. Got you. Hundred percent. Entertainment. That. Martha, we're waiting for a call. We'll bring Snoop. <laughs> Snoop Loop. Uh, I also like not to since we're going down fancy. Like, listen, if you've got a boat, if you're lake people or river oh, people or ocean yes. people, water like, people, yeah. If you're if you like being out in the water or I don't if know, if you're Aquaman, one of your first bougie of all, ass friends invites me. you fucking sailing or whatever. Like, Jason Momoa, call me. <laughs> we'll be at Martha's. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. <laughs> We're bringing Snoop. <laughs> um, I this would be a great wine to drink out on the wall, like on a yacht. actually out on the. <laughs> on a yacht. Yeah, sure, on a yacht too. or a dinghy in our case, <laughs> or a blow up inflatable kayak, like on a plastic toy boat that we have in our kiddie pool <laughs> as we try and float our Stanley cups full of white wine. <laughs> Yeah, that's our situation. Oh, you know what we need to buy? What? There's the, oh, what do they call it? At Costco, they have it hanging from the ceiling. It's like an entertainment float. What? So it's this massive, like, inflatable, and it's like a party float. Oh. But they literally have it hanging from the ceiling. It's like... That big. We got Costco. Go. We yeah. gotta go. All I'm right. surprised you didn't see it when you were there today. I don't look up. You she was keep... so busy eating the Costco pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake. I will have regrets for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right. Let's not go there. Entertainment. <laughs> um, Snoopaloop. <laughs> no. Uh... Snoop doggy <laughs> dog. Um, now let's see. Entertainment. Entertainment. Okay, if we're sticking with kind of like this bougie, like, backyard, midsummer night's dream, Mm -hmm. oasis. Yeah. I want, like, you know what I've been putting on when I've been, like, working a lot lately is, um, like, violin renditions, but of pop songs. Like, very Bridgerton style. Okay. Like, I'd be down with some of that. I would not be down with that. Okay, I don't think. well, that's unfortunate, but um, just something you know, light, ethereal. Yeah. Harts- I'm gonna go oh, with a, a solo, like guitar player doing okay. like some cover songs. All right, like I in like a that. mellow way. I like that. I like that because we had that. We were at 
a brunch in Chicago this weekend. And all of a sudden I was like, that's totally live music that's playing. Like, I love we it. couldn't see the the guy, but we could. He, they were like piping it through like the speakers, and it was it was just like a young dude with his guitar, like sitting on a stool doing like a bunch of like cover songs, but in a really like well done way. And I'm I into thought, that. Like yeah, like sit. He's sitting over in the grove of trees doing his thing, and it's background music. Um, Spotify acoustic covers. Yes, their playlist. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So if you can't afford to like hire the the dude, just. We're we're not hiring him. Martha is. Yeah, we're definitely not. (laughs) Okay, so, Drea, where can our listener buy this wine? So, I purchased this wine from our friends at La Costa Wine Company. um, Shout out to La Costa Wine Company. And shout out to our loyal listener, Lauren. Lauren. um, For introducing me to the place. It is rad. They have a great selection. But, you know, any wine shop that has I think a larger select specialty wine shop that Mm -hmm. has a larger selection so you know think about not necessarily just the corner store but one that maybe is known for getting more European varietals in and listen the Albert Noya is is delicious and we enjoy it but you're gonna have a very similar experience with whatever Shrello you get as long as it's made in the same way like not necessarily organic grapes but you want one that's been filtered that's been clarified so you really get that crispness if you're getting one that is unfiltered unrefined that means that it's probably going to be darker in color it's going to have sediment so you're, you're and it's going to be unrefined yes and we are refined bitches so you know i would definitely call around to um a a wine shop and see what they've got in stock for sure uh let's see so our next bottle what are we doing we are going to highlight a orange wine for the end of summer now it does not mean it's made from fucking oranges let's get something clear right here don't worry we will educate you uh, but you know, maybe we, not me because I totally fucked up my quiz today. But Drea, maybe we can do an orange wine quiz. Oh boy! <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll quiz you. Sure, go go for it. Ooh, she <laughs> confident? No, I'm just sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking a big game right now. Ate, She's gonna regret I this just later. Ate too much Costco pizza. Oh god. <laughs> so, um, but you know, we thought a nice way to close out summer. And think about transitioning into fall fall would be kind of a a nice transitional wine, which is orange wine. So we will do that. Um, And if you have enjoyed this episode and you want to follow along with our shawinigans, follow us on Instagram at two girls and a great pod. That's T-W-O, girls and a great pod. Uh, Click like, click subscribe. Give us five star reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. And... Until next time, salute. Cheers. How about that wedding crystal cheers? Fancy. Sounds nice. So fancy. Like our backyard barbecue. You can tell it's money right there. Money (laughs) dripping with diamonds. Yellow Yellow diamonds. I wasn't going to drink, but now I'm drinking. And it tastes so good.